Oh good, you made it. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Mama Judy and Jill podcast, an intergenerational chat about life, art, and the creative process. I'm your host, Jill, and joining me is my wonderful co-host and bonus mom, Mama Judy. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mama Judy and Jill podcast. My name is Jill, and I'm here with my bonus mom, Mama Judy. Hi, Mama Judy. Hi, Jill, and welcome, everybody. We're so glad you're either listening, watching, or combo. Yes, and we have something really fun to talk about this week. And Mama Judy, why don't you set it up for us? You know, Jill, one of the hardest things for any artist, regardless of the medium, is often looking at the beginning. How do you begin? Looking at the blank page, the blank piece of fabric. So I thought maybe we could touch on that night. We can talk about how we've gotten beyond that. Oh, I love that. Okay, perfect. But before we go there, let's just each talk about what we're working on creatively this week. What are you working on for fun? My usual. Okay. I have two things. I work on my journals, different sizes, and then to expand my own abilities because I love my journals so much and they're so fun. I also want to expand my artistic horizon. So I've been doing some sketching. Ooh. And tell for anybody that doesn't know, what do your journals, like what's the medium that you use to create these journals? Ah, everything I can think of. So I guess it would fall under mixed media because there's painting, there's stenciling, there's writing, there's collaging, um, anything. And you put them into, I don't even know how to describe the journals um, with a cover and it's all becomes its own piece of art. Yes. And paper, and fabric and miscellaneous, all kinds of things. And so you can always go to Mama Judy's Instagram, Mm -hmm. which I will link up to in the show notes to see the kinds of things that she creates, but it's very amazing. And so let me tell you what I'm working on this week, which I just actually finished last night. One of my good friends, and I know I told you this um, offline, but one of my good friend's mother, um, who was kind of like a second mom to me when I grew up, when I was younger, um, has cancer. And I decided to stitch, make a little slow stitch piece for her. And years ago, she gave me these little... Um, She's a very creative person as well. She gave me these little charms um, to make these Christmas. And one was a butterfly, which is a symbol of transformation. And so I stitched that little Mm. talk about mixed media, a little metal butterfly onto this fabric piece that I was doing stitching with thread and needles. So that was fun. And I'm going to send that off to her. Oh, that's wonderful. That is an absolute perfect gift, a gift from the heart. Exactly. Well, let's just dig in. Let's talk about beginning because we all have to start somewhere, right? Excellent, excellent point. We have to start somewhere. But I think what happens, you sit down and let's say I sit down and I want to sketch and I want to sketch a face. Well, I haven't put in my 10,000 hours. In other words, all that time of practicing. So what I see in front of me is a blank piece of paper or a blank canvas. And it can almost offer a form of paralysis because we struggle, I think, between success and failure. We anticipate 
that we'll do a good job, but we also anticipate maybe we won't do a good job. And so we kind of get locked in this psychological, emotional boundary. But there's a phrase that use, and I hope I'm um, quoting this correctly, by a motivational speaker in whose name is Tony Robbins. And I believe his phrase was, motion creates emotion. And notice the first word on that is motion. So all you have to do to begin is eat that elephant one bite at a time. One of the ways that I do, and I think other artists also, we make marks, pencil marks, pen marks, doodles, whatever you want to do on that canvas. Because remember, we can paint over it or gesso over it. So the whole point is we get our hands to move. And once you get your hands to move, and it who knows how long it might take, two dots, two stitches, oh, you know, whatever, then you free yourself up. And it is truly motion creates emotion. If you don't make that first movement on that blank page that's staring back at you going, I dare you to put something on me, you'll never do anything. So you just have to break it down if you're stuck to the smallest potential thing you can think of. And that might just be taking your pencil and making a dot on the paper or sticking your needle through the thread. Yes. I love this because just the other, um, last week, my neighbor across the street has this beautiful sunroom and she's always wanted to make it into her little artist um, room, her little artist studio. And she just hasn't done it. She's been stuck and even turning it into her artist room for very various reasons. And she is a really good artist. She can paint and do different things. But so I went over there and we just had a fun night where we pulled everything out and did this and got ran to the store and got a, a runner and a rug and we set everything up, fairy lights, beautiful. Well, then I remember when I left the room that night, I laid, she had a, um, uh, and not an easel. What do you call the little canvas that she's for painting? I put a blank one right on her little desk. And in my mind, I was thinking I'm putting that there so she can get started. Well, I asked her about a week later, I said, have you done anything? And she goes, well, no. And I said, I put that canvas there for you to start. And I said, okay, do you want an accountability partner? She's like, yes. So she was supposed to have something done by last night. And she texted me a picture and she literally texted me a picture of her canvas and it had colorful dots, purple, blue, just like polka dots. That's what she did. And she got started. She had to begin because she was experiencing some sort of fear, which I would think, why would you? You're a, you really create beautiful things. But no matter if you're a seasoned artist or not, we all experience those types of fear, right? Absolutely. It Trust me, even um, let's take it into an entirely different form of art. Even actors will tell you after 30 years of being an actor, they get stage fright every time they start something. Um, but let me skip back to your phrase, accountability partner, because that might be another way for people to take that first fearful step. 
Love that. I love that. And actually I thought about collaboration, you know, another word, accountability Mm -hmm. partner or collaboration, another thing. And we will talk about this another time on the podcast, but I know you do artist dates with a, with a friend or maybe other friends too. And I do as well in my neighborhood. We have a little gathering once a month with a few of us that get together and do art in someone's studio. And just the fact that you show up, we are all supposed to bring our own art, like whatever we're working on, I'll stitch somebody else's painting, but we show up and because we're holding each other accountable by the date, the date that we have to be there. And just by sitting in the room together, I'm not forced to do art, but I sit down and I just start creating because others are doing it and it feels good. It creates a creative energy. And if you think about that action plan that you guys have, it's very similar to someone who really wants to go to the gym to work out, but they can't quite get out the door. Mm -hmm. So they have a friend that is going to go with them. And so now you're accountable for showing up for that friend. So anything like that, that will help us move beyond that non-activity. And I have a, another thing in a little while I'd like to uh, touch on about that too. That okay. helped me a tremendous amount. Okay. Well, do you want to go there now or do you want to say something else first? Okay. As long as you're I'm not interrupting you. Nope. Go okay. for it. And actually, I wanted to say one, let me just actually say one okay. last thing on the starting small. When you said sometimes just to start small, that, that, that kind of thing. The other thing is literally something physically small. This has helped me The if I have a big piece of fabric that I wanted to do a slow stitch, let's just say it was an entire pillowcase front. That's a big piece of fabric. And when you're doing slow stitch, that could take a long time that could feel overwhelming. Or if I decided I'm going to make a quilt for the queen size bed, something like that is so big. That's what I love about my little five inch by five inch pieces of fabric that I slow stitch because it seems very doable, reasonable, not too big. And I could go smaller. Like I have even thought before when I've been stuck, I should just cut this down and do something two by two. So literally like starting small can mean like you're saying a simple technique, but it can also literally mean something physically small so that you feel a little bit accomplished and it's not too overwhelming. Perfect. Because it's it's that feeling of accomplishment that starts the energy that you will probably take the next step in a much easier fashion. Yes. So that's very important. Ironically, I had to learn to make small. Oh, Mine were, when I first started making my journals, they were, you know, 14 by 15 by four big fabric ones. And I kind of worked my way down to me. Little was intimidating. Wow. I didn't feel like I would have enough room to express myself because that reminds me, I'm going to interject this. We never want to forget that creativity is just a means of Mm self-expression. So I couldn't express myself in little tiny things, but once I did them, I found I absolutely love them. Sometimes because they're so small, they're so freeing, I can do two or three in the time it would take me to make a bigger one. They're more fun. So I, I love all sizes now. It just depends on my mood. Yeah. And that makes sense. I, I kind of would have thought everybody would think smaller, but I could see if you only have a small space, you're sort of like, all right, I don't have much space to do something cool here. And if you don't, then it could be, a, you could feel like it's a big failure or something. So that's so interesting to just see how different people um, experience that. 
expression. Absolutely. Awesome. Along those lines, what I just wanted to point out besides just taking that first step and making a mark to begin that motion, think back, and, and this is related, think back to when you were in grade school. You just made the mark because you were so curious and so open. You didn't care at that point whether somebody was going to judge it, including and especially yourself. So if we can learn, and I learn to tell myself this when I get a little uptight because maybe somebody's waiting for a journal or I feel like I have to produce, I go back to play like a child. Hmm. And I allow that phrase to sit. Children don't need permission to make those marks on the page. Generally, we're telling them, don't make such messy marks or so many. But if we can learn to go back and do it, the word I hear used quite often is intuitively. Mm -hmm. And really what that means is you're going back to that childlike stage and you're reacting one thing after another, as you would from the heart, instead of mapping it out in your brain. They both have a place, trust me. But a lot of times you have to take yourself back to that very simple, childlike, intuitive position. Mm. And that is so freeing because by becoming a child again, You've literally given yourself permission to do whatever you want. Kids yeah. did not need to ask for permission. Right. And it brings us back to also what you said in the very our very first episode of this podcast. You talked about, now, this was not when you were a child, mm-hmm. you were in college, but remember when you went to college and that grad student told, you know, said something about like, this isn't for you and how that stifled your creativity. So we have to all remember also, and I think most people are great with little kids by putting their stuff on the refrigerator and that sort of thing, but to remember not to let something like that stifle and just to be able to um, bring that childlike wonder and creativity with us as we're in our me fifties, you in your seventies, that sort of thing. Absolutely. And we are, we're unlearning cultural, familial, whatever conditioning going, stripping it all away and going back to that child that says, ooh, I like the color teal and I'm going to make this rabbit teal with yellow polka dots. Just use your imagination. And so if you get stuck and you get to thinking too seriously and you need some help from yourself, just visualize that child that you were And how would that child sit down with that paper and pen or that stitching? How would they feel? Would they be uptight? Some might, I don't know, because you never know everybody's different. But for the most part, that childlike intuition, permission to play and have fun is one of the biggest things that's helped me anytime I get too uptight and too serious about it. Oh, yeah. I love and that. And that is not, I always have to preface things because that does not mean that for artists, there is not a seriousness, but we're talking about when you get stuck and you just need to reset the button, you know, right. push the reset button. 
the child is a perfect reset button. I love that. And I thought when you said that too, to just remember back to that, it's being kind to yourself. Also be kind to yourself and be kind to that little one inside of you. It's a way of showing self-compassion and self-love by allowing yourself to be childlike or to have that freedom as well. You know, can I slip a personal anecdote in here? It's a little off our original topic, but I had done a journal and I put it out there and I was grateful that it sold. And I have someone who asked if I could make a similar one. Well, I had, I always have two or three in the works, but yesterday I was looking at this one and everything develops its own personality and names come from somewhere. And the name that came out for this one that I'm creating, whether that person buys it or not is irrelevant is she lived in a house with self-love. Oh, I love the sound of that. I know, me too. Oh, Mama Judy, are you going to post this on Instagram so everyone can see it? Well, when it's done, yes. It might take me a while, but because I'll be gone part of the time. Okay. But that is one of the areas that we can all get better on. We're not used to taking care of ourselves. We're usually used to putting children or husbands or spouses or whoever in front of us. So through creativity, that's another thing we can talk about sometime. We can learn to be our own therapist in a way. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So I know I scooted us off, but go back to the point you were going to make about where to begin. You had another um, helpful tip, hopefully for people. The one about being the child. Oh, okay. So you're sitting, we got you're sitting down there. You're looking at it. What would that little child do at this point? Okay, what I mark would he or she make? And what do you think about this? I, what do you think about, let's say somebody decided they were found some, they were inspired by some art that they saw a painting or something and they thought, well, I'm going to go home. I've never done this, but I'm going to go home and try to do some paint. So they got a canvas. They had some paint brushes. What do you think about If you're really, really stuck, try the things we just suggested, like just get started, do some dots, whatever that might be. But what do you think about just switching mediums altogether? If you are that stuck in trying to paint, how about switching mediums and try to do write a poem or do some stitching or something like that to help you get out of your rut? Or do you, being an artist for so many years, do you feel like it's important to kind of push through because if your ultimate thing was, I want to become a painter or I want to paint, should you keep going? Or do you, what do you think the value is in switching mediums? Oh gosh, I think it is wonderful. And I do it. There's an expression from years and years ago. Um, Farms always had a water pump from a well. And in order to get the pump to work, You always had to put water in. It was called priming the pump. Mm -hmm. Put the water in, then starts. All you're trying to do at this point is prime that creative pump. Now, if you're stuck on one medium, if you go to something, even if you've never tried it before, uh, all you're looking for is for something that you'll go, oh, God, okay, we're ready to go. So it has value in it. And in fact, I even think personally, it's a good idea if you do have one medium that you primarily focus on, play around with another medium 
Um, because what that will also do, even for an extremely accomplished artist, is you have to develop different skills for mm. that medium. For example, if I had been painting for 30 years, there will be a carryover to pottery, but I'll be learning new skills. And so I'm always using my creativity. So I think whatever you can do that will just keep your creativity going in some form is very helpful. So my question to you is because right now I do a little felting, I do my journals, I do some sketching, I try some painting, which at this point I'm really not very good at because I'm trying to be Michelangelo. <laughs> and what do you do besides the stitching? Well, um, mostly I do the stitching, but what I did recently, and it has to do with the stitching, but I got a journal out, a, just a, a blank journal, and I started sketching out little landscape scenes. So I'm practicing sketching, but I'm not I'm not really wanting to become a, a wonderful sketch or anything, but it is doing something, exercising different type of creativity, but ultimately I'm sketching out things that I might stitch. So I know that's like Perfect. not a full on different thing, but it is using different skill set for sure. Okay. We're going to step back. We don't okay. use things like full on because it doesn't have to be. Right. None of us, just like I made a joke about wanting to be Michelangelo. Well, it really was intended as a joke because when I pick up a paint that I'm not used to that medium, I know I'm not going to be Michelangelo. So I will go ahead and do what I'm working on. And when I'm done for the day, I look for one tiny little thing, no matter what it is, that I'm happy with. Mm. Not the whole picture, but oh God, I love the way I use this color over here. Voila, my brain knows when I leave that, I'm happy. I feel accomplished. So that's my process when I go outside of what I've been doing and it becomes so easy, easy that a lot of times I can do it without conscious thought. Mm, I, I love still that. want to expand those create that creativity and that takes more conscious thought and to that that no i mean that does make sense but also i think it takes i'm thinking about muscles it takes practice with anything it takes just like if i were to go to the gym and want to get more fit um, more tone or whatever i have to go and start lifting the weights and i have to practice and try different things that feel good on my body and don't hurt my body or something but ultimately you've got to practice to get to, I don't know, I was about to say get better. And I'm like, Mama Judy, as my wise mentor would probably say, now that's not the end. That's not like the end goal, but it is, you do, do want to get it better. Is. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Like doing better. But I think practicing and so keeping um, the things that we do, if you can on a daily basis, whether it's for five minutes or an hour or whatever you can do with your art practicing, I'm finding that the stitching that I'm doing, it's just this, one of my favorite stitches is called the feather stitch. But um, the more I do it, the better I do, the better it looks, the more I'm starting to do curves with it and just feeling more comfortable with it and um, being more free with just, just through the practice. Absolutely. And 
what we were just talking about where you get when you've been doing something that it doesn't take as much conscious effort when you're looking at that blank page or that blank fabric to begin a project that stage we just talked about probably seems almost impossible at times and while it sounds like we're talking to just people that are in the very, very beginning of doing something creative, these same things carry over to very accomplished artists too, because I don't think they're necessarily limited to artists. They're really human things. And it is human nature to sometimes be get, to get a little intimidated by something which the blank page can do that, um, that it, again, it's, it's at every level. And so you just, you, you're working through in your own way, the intimidation of the blank page of the subconscious fear of success or subconscious of uh, failure, whatever is going on in our little brains, we want to go out of the brains into the heart or the gut. Yes. And um, I love that you said that because you'll hear a lot about a lot of successful um, book writers, authors. They have to start with the, the first, the blank page at one point, even if they've written 10 other mm -hmm. books. And you, I've heard many interviews with famous authors that are saying, it's terrifying. I don't know what to do. I get blocked and I have to do these things that we are talking about. Same thing with songwriters. I've heard songwriters talk about when they sit down to write a song, sometimes it can flow. Other times they get stuck and they feel like I'm never going to be able to write another song again. But the minute they put some words down on the page or strum a little chord or whatever that might be, you got to start, like we said, start small, start, just start by taking action. Um, that's where, that's where it begins, no matter what your level, like you were saying. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Well, I love this um, subject. So I'm curious from our listeners, we would love to um, hear from you. Number one, I would love to challenge you, help let Mama Judy and I be your accountability partners. So if you DM either one of us on Instagram, I'll leave that in the show notes. Or if you want to email us, there's an email in the show notes. Let us know what you're going to start. Even if you just say, I'm going to start with a piece of paper, or I'm going to start with a fabric, or I'm going to start with a guitar strum or something like that. We would love to hold you accountable and hear what you're working on and hear that you did it and how good you feel. So please let us know. We would love to hear that. Right, Mama that, Judy? That would be absolutely terrific. I'd love that. Yes. Okay, great. That's how, piggybacking on that, Jill, that's how I, uh, you were talking about play dates, but that's how sometimes I rejump my creativity by going out and hearing what other people on Instagram are doing. And I think it's wonderful when you share things, even things that maybe you are hesitant to share in a positive way with other people. So I think that's great. I agree. And one of the topics that we're going to talk about is just sources of inspiration, which that is yes. one of them, what you just said, that'll be a topic that we'll talk about on another podcast. But yes, I love that. So we just are encouraging anyone listening to get out there and just start no matter where you are, if you're just starting from scratch, or you've been creating art for 30 years, and you're feeling stuck today. That's what we're wishing for you. All Absolutely. right. Absolutely. 
<laughs> we will see everyone same time, same place next week. Please Perfect. share this with your friends. We would love to be um, part of their journey in creativity as well. And we thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.